Hello and welcome everybody to GiantBomb.com. My name is Janet Choa and you may know me as a video producer here at Giant Bomb. Now, by the time you're listening to this and by the time it gets posted, it'll probably already be November, but I just wanted to go back and talk about October because October is a very, very special month to me for a variety of reasons. One of those reasons is because it's actually Filipino American History Month. Unfortunately, I don't see too much fanfare celebrating it outside uh, the Filipino community, but my boy Michael Heim from GameSpot and I decided to put together a small series of podcasts to highlight and celebrate Filipinos in the games industry. Now, episode one that you're about to listen to, we'll talk to some folks in games media. Episode two, we'll talk to some folks in PR and publishing. And, you know, by that pattern, ideally, an episode three would have consisted of talking to folks in development. But due to scheduling stuff and this being very last minute, it was a little too tight. But hey, hey, you know, we're celebrating Filipino History Month, which is October in November. So who knows? Anything's possible. Maybe Michael and I will sit down and shoot the breeze and have like a epilogue or a reflections or just we'll hang out who knows um but before we get going i want to give a special shout out to the powers that be at giant bomb and GameSpot that allowed michael and i to produce this they green lighted this and let us uh you know celebrate filipino american history month and that uh means a poop ton to me you know i'll speak for the both of us but this definitely is um you know, something we've been kicking around for a bit to be able to celebrate our culture and folks within games is immense. And this group and the group in episode two, you know, it already felt like we knew each other. So without further ado, folks, let's get to the podcast. Welcome, everybody. I am Jan Ochoa with GiantBomb.com, joined with the coolest Kuya, the poggiest boy in the world, Michael Heim from GameSpot. (laughs) And we are here with a wonderful round screen. But now that I say round screen, it's like rounded (laughs) corners of squares, uh, a lovely panel of people to celebrate Filipino American History Month. Michael, why don't you introduce our guests? Yes, I will. Um, So... Filipino American History Month is October, but we're on Filipino time, so you might see this published in early November, so my bad. Uh, but we have wonderful, wonderful <laughs> guests. It doesn't matter what month it is, because we got Chastity Vicencio from GameSpot. Hey, what's up? the Chastity uh, joining Hello. us. Uh, and we have Chris Compendio. Hello. Hey, what up? Uh, uh, we have... At- Whoa. Sorry. Sorry. You, said, you said what's up, so I'm answering, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> Let it's a, it's the people a, talk, Michael, jeez. No, 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 listen, listen, it's, the floor is mine right now. Uh, we have Abby Espiritu from The Gamer. Hi. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Jeff Ramos from Polygon. What up, man? Hello. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. They Thank love you. it. Thank you yes. for that. Uh, but yeah, so today we're kind of, this is to round up uh, folks who are in games media. So, uh, of course, you're going to see Jan and I multiple times, and we are, of course, with GameSpot and Giant Bomb. But there are other brown people in games media, specifically Filipino Americans. And we have a few wonderful folks here to talk about games, what they do, what we all do, what it's like to be Filipino American and move in these spaces. And also, we're going to talk about culture as well. So, we're going to celebrate. By yes. celebrating ourselves, celebrating our families, uh, and celebrating our friends as well. So, um, yeah, Jan, did you want to say anything else before we uh, we dig into 
Yeah, you know, uh, I didn't want this to get like too heavy, but you know, if it winds up getting heavy because we want to just unpack childhood trauma that we all experienced of our parents forcing careers onto us, <laughs> uh, then, you know, so be it. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, this is one of the things that I've been kind of like cooking up in my head for a while. And I'm glad uh, that everyone here was uh, gracious enough to bestow upon us their presence to uh, just, you know, shoot the breeze, just, mm -hmm. just uh, hang out. Um, and yeah, like, why don't we just uh, start with Chastity? Chastity, if you just want to, you know, just quick intro to who you are, like some dope stuff you've done. The floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Uh, hey, I'm Chastity Vicencio. I'm at GameSpot. I run the entertainment video team. So all the things that are not gaming that are covered at GameSpot, I'm, I run the video team for that. So that's movies, TVs, uh, anime, wrestling. All sorts of fun stuff. Comics, um, that's all covered under my umbrella over at youtube.com slash GameSpot Universe. Um, and then hey, before the that, I've, <laughs> <laughs> um, I launched the um, IGN Snapchat Discover channel when that first popped off back in 2015. Um, I hosted Star Wars Celebration last year, um, was one of the co-hosts on stage with Lucasfilm. That was really cool. Um, and before that, I was at Discovery uh, doing D News, science news and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's been a long ride. Just like Pitbull, you are Ms. Worldwide. <laughs> Ms. Worldwide, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving me. down the line, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Totally, yeah. I'm Chris Compendio. I'm currently the weekend editor at GamePer.com. Uh, right before that, I was with Uppercut. They are a wonderful Patreon-funded uh, indie games outlet. Uh, you should totally support them. Check them out, UppercutCrit.com. Uh, before that, I was with uh, with Dual Shockers, Destructoid, Pace Magazine. I've been all over the all over the darn place. Oh wow! And, uh, you know, I no, I get around and, and I I like freelance all the time. Like I I've had bylines in Fanbyte, Polygon, etc. So um, I'm I'm very busy, very tired. Um, <laughs> and on top of that, I I choose to do podcasting as well on the side. Uh, my current project is Procedural Conversation, which is a, uh, games industry talk show where we kind of, you know, it's talk shop. It's, it's a one-on-one -on -one podcast because anything more than two people distresses me out. So I'm going crazy right now. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh believe me. I've, I've become really good at hiding my stress. I'm freaking out go. right now. <laughs> uh, Abby? Sure. So hi, my name is Abby Espiritu. I am currently an associate editor and writer for thegamer.com. Uh, I started at The Gamer about a year ago, last August. Uh, before that, I was actually, I just graduated from Brown University last May with a degree in modern culture and media, where I actually took a class on video game studies my senior year of college, because I thought it would be a lot of fun and an easy class to take. <laughs> and all my friends and my parents made fun of me, uh, thinking, what the hell am I going to do with all the things I learn here? And lo and behold, I ended up as a gaming journalist. So um, yeah, my time in the video game journalism hasn't been as long compared to the rest of you wonderful people, but um, Definitely still learning and growing. Um, beyond my endeavors writing, uh, I'm also an on-camera and voice actor. So that's another thing I've also been pursuing. Awesome, awesome. And last but not least, Jeff, sir. Hello, I'm Jeff Ramos. I'm from uh, Polygon.com. Uh, so currently right now, I'm the service writer. So I used to be the engagement editor. So as a service writer, I basically break down how to do everything from uh, games to buying the best stuff on the internet with your money. Uh, and before that, I was engagement editor, basically 
deconstructing how to make everything just work better. A lot of my work is deconstructing things and making them work uh, before. So I've been at Polygon for five years. I've also done some uh, stuff on there. So you might have seen me uh, do a show called Yellface with uh, Simone de Rochefort, where I just yell uh, and she yells at me. Uh, I've been on a few <laughs> of our Overboard episodes, uh, basically being really bad at lying, uh, although I'm good at it. Uh, or am I? I don't know. Uh, before that, I came from like traditional marketing. So I worked with a lot of like Fortune 500 brands and doing just like the weirdest stuff that I can imagine. And before that, I uh, was actually a professional DJ for a living in New York. And there's a great oh, story snap. about how, Yeah. So that's a great story about how that happened. We start talking about family stuff. Uh, <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> that'll, be a good, that'll be a good one. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. And then right now, I'm just working on a lot of just uh, creative projects. So the last thing I, I do at the end of the day is play board video games. Uh, so I'm working on a, a lo-fi hip-hop uh, album to leave the planet to, because that's, that's all I want to do right now. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> just get in a spaceship and just make some beats yeah That's we dope. have uh you know I, i've always known this about filipino folk but everyone at this uh, virtual table just sounds like a swiss army knife of literally any and everything you know i we have more than enough to make not only a band uh probably yeah. a musical group uh we could probably write a book collectively you know it's wild stuff it's wild stuff and i'm in honor to to be with Chell. <laughs> Uh, Michael, yo, completely forgot what the next topic is. Let us talk about how you came to be, I guess, uh, because I Whoa. think that, look, Whoa. like, listen, uh, no, 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 hey, Whoa, relax, 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 story? relax. <laughs> From my parents? Um, I mean, if you want to share it, hey, that's all you, but, uh, <laughs> I think the, uh, a lot of conversations happen with Filipino families and Filipino Americans specifically, uh, that, there's sort of, I guess, there's a stereotype that you have an expectation to go into a certain field, mm -hmm. like a medical field, that is very much like pushed on children of Filipino immigrants. Um, but obviously, we're none of that. We're, we're we don't we don't do that. It's it is kind of wild how we how we ended up in these spaces. So I guess uh, whoever wants to go first, talk about how like how you ended up in you know games media or where where you are and what you're doing right now. And was that a difficult thing to navigate with your family? And how has like your experiences as Filipino Americans affected how you move in this industry? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll start. I already mentioned it. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I grew up in New Jersey, uh, about twenty minutes from the city. And so you know, my mom was single mom, taking taking care of me. My brother worked like two jobs. So probably not an unfamiliar story to a lot of people. Uh, so, you know, her idea of like working hard is basically how she got through life and she expected that from me kind of, but she also babied me. So I didn't really like start working until I was like much older than I probably should have been. Um, but so I did that for a while and I had a traditional like job at like a uh, like customer service job and I hated it. And I would like go to work crying every day because it sucked. And then uh, I just, you know, I just, I saved up what money I had and I bought some turntables and I just started, you know, very super bedroom DJ type stuff doing like really like oh, i have a, I have a show on wednesday nights in new jersey i'm like living hey. it up this is good yeah <laughs> um yeah but you know like, it got me started and then like one night you know we were in a a bar in uh in tribeca and i noticed that they didn't have their turntables but they didn't have a dj there so i was like oh i should just ask them because i've had four whiskeys <laughs> they'll I'll, whatever i'll do it and that just started like a whole sort of like just you know avalanche of different things where eventually i got to the point where like one of the bartenders at that place was 
moving into a new place and asked me if I wanted to move in. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I told my mom, like, hey, I think I'm going to like quit my job and do that. And like just, you know, big, super blow up argument about that screaming, crying, like, you know, I work so hard to take care of you. And, you know, you should you should be happy that you have a job. I don't know why you're saying you're not, you know, why you're not happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get it. And obviously I can never repay you for the amount of effort you put into us to helping us. But I was like, the world's different now. Like I could actually do this. And it's possible I don't have to become like a doctor. I don't have to have a simple job. I don't have to like do what you did. And it's not to disrespect what you did because you you had to do what you had to do to take care of us. But like, I want to see if I can do this. And like, worst case, I come back home, you know, lick my wounds and get a normal job. Uh, That clearly didn't happen. Uh, And then after like my mom saw where I was living and how I was like taking care of myself, she was like, yeah, so you're a DJ, and she would tell all her friends like it was no. the biggest thing in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah. yo, he DJs and stuff. I was like, I don't think you understand what DJing is, but I appreciate Aww. that you're happy for me. Um, so, you know, yeah. So a lot of like a lot of crazy stuff happened. So like through that, I ended up like you know meeting people in marketing, and then I ended up getting into marketing. And you know, just like one day I was working on a client, and um, they were looking at competitors and stuff like that. And I, I know one of our competitors was Vox.com. So one of the Vox.com's website, I was like, oh yeah, don't they, they do like a video game site too, don't they? And I was like, oh yeah, I read the site all the time. I was like, oh, they're hiring someone that like basically does the way, like has a job that's like built for the way my mind works. And it's like, and it just kind of ended up that way. Like I had, I had worked in like games very lightly and I had started my own like blog ages ago. And so I had some experience doing that, but like then coming to Polygon is like sort of where I like, I really just dug in and have been doing that for the past five years. Um, it it's it makes no sense and i don't think my path is going to be the same as anyone's but like i think that's what's special about like filipino people is that like we're so adaptable and like if we can try to do something and figure out a way to do it like we always end up making it happen like that's that's the story my mom taught me my whole life was like she she always made magical stuff happen with like nothing so i was like all right i can do that too and that's basically how i've lived my whole life damn jeff Yeah. start crying in the club <laughs> hey, right now no <laughs> crying in the club yeah that, that's that's wild though because like uh, my mom had always told stories about you know immigrating and how she used to like live in a small village and make things work no matter what that's the thing that I, I i got from my mom is like when i came out of san francisco i had nothing i ain't know nobody uh but i made it work somehow because like she taught me how to be scrappy because that's how she lived her life she passed that mm-hmm. on to me uh and it sounds like you know same yeah. thing uh, with you, Jeff. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby, I want I want to I want to hear it a little bit more about uh, about your yeah. story because you're you're fairly yes, young in the yes. game too, <laughs> uh, relative to us, and we're not we're not like uncles and aunties <laughs> out here. But but uh, yeah, you talk about how you had been w- with the gamer dot com for yeah. uh, a little over mm-hmm. a year, and you're just coming up in the voice yeah, acting scene. Yeah. So kind of uh, how did you get there? Sure, and like, yeah. How are you, what's it like to navigate that stuff uh, right Yeah, now? I mean, well, okay, so ever since I was younger, at least the the acting passion of mine, ever since I was younger, I've always loved performing. My parents would, like, play movie musicals for my siblings and I in the car and, like, at home and, like, play, like, different soundtracks and stuff. I remember, like, when I was five, they would always play Mamma Mia, like, in the house. Uh, so that was one of the first oh, things I, like, okay. always, oh, yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> um, so I was just I was just exposed to musical theater and, and acting and performing at a very, very young age. Um, so naturally, I started really looking into that and um, really wanted to become a performer. Like I really wanted to act and sing and dance. Um, and despite the fact that my parents were the ones that introduced me to, you know, this lifestyle, they were very hesitant about me pursuing a career in this field. Um 
I think their thing, though, was they just really wanted me to have a secure job and never have to worry about money. And because a performer can be such a, you know, uh, such a unstable lifestyle, they just didn't want that for me, which I understand, especially now as an adult. Um, But growing up, uh, they could tell that I really loved performing um, and they saw that it made me happy. And something that they've always instilled um, to me, my parents have instilled in me and my siblings is, you know, we at the end of the day, we just want you to be happy, whether that's just having enough money or pursuing your passion. We want you to be happy. So they could see that the performing uh, passion of mine made me happy. And they said, OK, like you can do this, but academics have to come first. School has to come first. And then when you're done with your homework and you get all your A's and hundreds and everything, you can do that. So that was like the trade. So I was really, you know, focused in school and everything. And in uh, I remember in my senior year of high school, I kind of had to give up some of my performing stuff in order to do college prep and everything. And my parents had this dream that they're their daughter was going to go to this Ivy League school, um, <laughs> which she did. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, That's not easy. Either. No, oh God, no. no, no, no. I would never repeat my <laughs> senior year of high school ever. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and, you know, when I got into Brown University, which is where I ended up going, uh, I told them, I was like, okay, I did it. I got into the Ivy League school that you wanted me to get into. And, you know, this is all happening. Um, I really want to pursue theater while I'm here I want to get a bachelorette's in theater and again when I even with that even with me finally hitting that milestone of like getting to the Ivy League school that they dreamed of their daughter going to um they were like well like I don't know if you should be studying theater at this school like maybe you can do something else um so we ended up compromising I ended up actually finding other degrees that I liked better so I ended up actually getting a double major in modern culture and media which is what I talked about in the beginning and American studies um which I'll actually talk about both of those so um I got um my bachelor of arts in modern culture and media which is kind of like Brown's version of film and tv studies they don't have that specific degree there but that's kind of the closest thing and that's where I ended up taking the video game studies class that it uh, introduced me to the idea of um writing about games as a career and then the other um my other major was american studies where i was allowed to pick a focus and i specifically picked a focus in asian american representation in the media because that's something that's always been important to me as a performer um as a writer as a person and i just wanted to explore that um and i graduated with these degrees and i really didn't know what to do with them um because they don't really (laughs) yeah they don't really have like a clear path for either of those Um, how I ended up at the Gamer is actually kind of, um, an unconventional story. I was, um, right after graduating college, I had this plan of mine to go right into pursuing, uh, performing and acting full-time. And, um, what happened actually is two weeks after I graduated, my younger brother, who is like my best friend, uh, actually all of a sudden was, uh, diagnosed with stage four lymphoma. Um, he's okay now. And he's all cured and everything uh, and and very, very healthy. But that diagnosis came as a huge shock and kind of threw off my future plans off track. My whole family, we all just, you know, came together to make sure that, like, we could take care of him in whatever way possible, Um, which ended up looking like me spending the next six months 24-7 at the hospital with my brother because my mom had to take care of my siblings. My dad had to work and it was just kind of on me to be there for him. Um... And, you know, it was kind of a rough time in my life to just 
be take be in the hospital 24/7 and you know not being sure if my brother is going to be okay or not and i actually ended up finding um respite from that and solace from that in video games uh i someone had given me a copy of persona 5 uh and i ended up playing it on a whim because i suddenly had a lot of free time and just needed an escape from my own reality and i ended up like really really falling in love with the game and uh i had never really viewed video games before as like a, a media that can be so impactful on people's lives and can, you know, have such a profound effect. Um, but this game really did clearly, as you can see from my background, <laughs> it means a lot to me. Um, and yeah, I've just, I, I loved the game so much. I ended up playing it twice through and it like really helped distract me from everything going, my, going on with my brother. And it, it gave me hope at the end of the day too, which is what I needed. Um, and uh, my brother ended up beating cancer and it was wonderful. And after that happened and with my experience with um these video games i i started looking for um ways i could like share this newfound uh love i had for for games i'd always been a gamer growing up but i'd never considered myself like super passionate or even like a, a real gamer um but after this experience i was like i really think these this this form of media is so powerful and so inspiring like, i want to do something more with it so yeah i found a listing for the gamer i thought that it was because um, it was a freelance job that I first applied for and the hours were flexible. It worked with my acting career and my auditions that would come in last minute. I needed something that I could do in between auditions and gigs. So yeah, I ended up getting hired as a freelance writer for The Gamer. Um, a few months later, I ended up getting promoted to an associate editor. And the cool full circle story of that is... Um, recently, I've had the chance to interview a couple actors, voice actors from Persona 5. Mm -hmm. And tell them about how their work has impacted me. So it's a nice, happy ending to that kind of sad story. <laughs> yeah, the, it's wild. I, I hope I answered the question. Oh, oh my god! No, you 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 nailed it. You knocked out. <laughs> I was park. hooked. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I, it's kind of wild because that, that's how I discovered you was through. Um, because oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the gamer had. Uh, I saw this stuff published about Persona because hey, we got. We got some persona yeah. stands up in here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. Uh, oh my god. Yes. Yep. Hey, go. You go to Gamespot.com. You look at the Persona Five role review. Ten out of ten. You know, you yeah, boy. Ten hey, out of, yeah, listen, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's how I came across. Oh you. yeah, that's how I found you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's uh, that's dope. I I definitely I definitely share a lot of those sentiments there. But uh, mm -hmm. damn, so, hey, now you are the gamer. So hey. Look, look. <laughs> Look who's talking now. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> oh, man. All I've ever wanted. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Chris, I think uh, I want to kind of get a little bit more background on on your story because you like like you mentioned, um, you came I came across you through Uppercut because mm -hmm. I had met uh, Monty and Jess through yeah. Twitter and then eventually came across you. And then we I think we semi met at PAX earlier this year you, you saw me at a panel you were on a panel yeah. with uh victoria <laughs> and yes yeah and then so but you have been you've been around a lot freelancing so uh, yeah. what one what was it like to tell your parents that you are freelance uh and how is that it, it's not easy like real talk like freelance as i've understood is not easy work at all so not at all how do you have it managed <laughs> Uh, I I still don't know how I'm I'm how I'm even here how I'm standing, uh, but uh, it's it's been a long journey. I don't even know where to begin. But I guess if I want to, uh, if you want to go back in time to like my origin story, I mean I. <sighs> okay, so 
I grew up in mainland Philadelphia. It's kind of like the suburban, you know, pretty well-off area. And uh, I went to an all-boys school from uh, mm. from 1 to 12. Um, How was that? <laughs> um, it's, it's really bizarre looking back at now, uh, especially like going to a pretty progressive college, like just looking at that from a different lens now has been, has been crazy. But, um, uh, and, and I, I had doctor parents, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you have uh, any siblings, Chris? I have a, uh, little sister. She is okay. in, uh, in her third year of college right now. Um. Yeah, doing the whole engineering thing. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, asking her for money one day. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'm gonna go a, a little back further. I mean, my parents they met at medical school in the Philippines, and uh, my mom hated it there in the Philippines. Uh, her oh. sister uh, at that point was in California, and they kind of came at a crossroads where it's like, hey, I really want to move to the states with my sister and my dad's like oh i have this really awesome i got this really cool gig uh, at this hospital and like you know being a doctor in the philippines like very you know <laughs> very uh, well-renowned and whatnot but um you know it's a typical love story and then it, it kind of turned into like a uh really awkward um maybe we should get married like half proposal and then so they did that um <laughs> I I found out uh not too long ago that uh my mother was with child when she flew over to the states so I was basically smuggled I was made in the Philippines and born in the states uh What is what does your California. birth certificate say though? Uh no I'm not trying to narc you or anything. <laughs> what can they do now honestly? I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Inglewood California is where I was born and they okay. they lived with my with my aunt um, very crowded, <laughs> very crowded apartment, I think. And, mm -hmm. uh, my dad, you know, to like become a doctor in the States, he had to, you know, do all those, um, you know, all those bar exams or whatever the heck they are again. Um, so after I was born, my dad had to physically go to different parts of the country to like take these tests. Uh, leaving my mom alone in the hospital, <laughs> holding baby me and crying. Um, yeah, and, um, my dad eventually, you know, got his medical, medical license and <laughs> landed a job, uh, in the suburban area of Philadelphia. So we drove, we drove from <laughs> California to Philadelphia, uh, in this freaking minivan. <laughs> I think that took about a week. I obviously have no memory of it, but, um, I believe them. Uh, and then they, they were like, you know what's best? You know what's best for Chris? Uh, sorry, they call me CJ, but mm. none of no one else is allowed to call me that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But um, family names, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they sent me to private school. Oh boy. Um, yeah, very white. <laughs> um, and a lot of um, a lot of implicit racism you know like it didn't really register to me at the time when i right, was a kid yeah, yeah. um and for for reasons unknown to me at the time my parents also sent me to speech therapy i guess they wanted me to get rid of my accent because you know i sound very american now um, <laughs> <laughs> me too right yeah yeah, oh, and uh, yeah, and I don't know how video games and like entertainment in general came into my life. I mean, I had an N sixty four, you know, like Smash Bros and Mario Kart were like my thing. 
um, and my parents <laughs> made me watch the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that just kind of like and and uh, and, and you know, <laughs> I was a big Power Rangers fan. Um, hey. So you know that's that's the stuff I grew up with, and um, I ended up being pretty good at writing when I was a kid, like mainly fiction, you know, and English, like English is my strong subject. Uh, math used to be not so much anymore, but it's like, oh, hey, you're Asian, so you really like math, huh? Yada, hey, yada, yada. Yeah. Math <laughs> is hard, and I can't do it. So you're right? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I you know, uh, I pursued, like, I tried doing theater to boost my self-confidence in middle school and high school, and then um, <laughs> I was doing so many different things. I was doing robotics um, I was writing film reviews for our school newspaper, and um, I just kind of came out of school not knowing what the hell to do with my life. Like, if you go back to, like, our fifth grade lower school graduation video, you can find babyface Chris saying, I want to be a doctor because my parents are doctors. Um, <laughs> not so much true anymore. So I went to college undeclared, uh, mm-hmm. which is, like, totally fine. That's totally valid. And I was, like, doing humanity stuff. and. Uh, I just ended up doing creative writing, and I uh, mainly focused on screenwriting, uh, a little bit of game writing, a little bit of literary journalism, uh, and I did some theater on the side. Um, and let me tell you, uh, coming out of college, uh, being the only one, like, apparently being the only one not knowing what I'm doing for a career uh, was was pretty darn stressful. Um, and it was comforting to know that, like, everyone was just kind of faking it, you know, everyone had all these jobs lined up, but, you know, they weren't, they weren't really gonna be there for, like, a, like, even more than a year or two, so, um, you know, I was just vibing at home, <laughs> doing job searches, <laughs> vibing, yeah, um, almost getting caught up in a multi-level marketing scheme, um, <laughs> everyone goes through it. Absolutely, yeah, uh, and then I... I don't know, I just started applying to writing jobs. And Mm -hmm. I somehow landed an internship with Paste Magazine (laughs) in the fall of 2017. Um, Some really awesome people there, uh, Garrett Bright Martin, Holly Green, and uh, that was kind of my first foray into um, games journalism, let's say. Like, that's the first time I reviewed a game. I reviewed the Doom Switch ports and Jackbox 4. Uh, and at the same time, uh, I was doing, um, I was doing some writing for this Marvel Cinematic Universe news site. Uh, oh. shout out to Charles Villanueva, who's also <laughs> Filipino. He's, he's rad. Hey, yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, let's see. After that, I landed with Flixist, which is like Destructoid's film website. I, uh, landed with Dual Shockers, who, and like, it was a really great experience that just taught me how to be a games journalist. Um, they sent me to my first and probably last E3. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and my parents have been strangely supportive this whole time. Like, they, they are still kind of, like, nice. nudging me because along with that creative writing degree, I also did information systems in college. Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, do the writing thing. Like, we should, we think you should do whatever you love, but, like, uh, just be safe. You know, in case you need a job. Um, and I think it's because, even though they're doctor parents, um, they saw parents burning their kids out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. They have a colleague who sent their kid to medical school 
and he had like a crazy nervous breakdown and had to drop out. <laughs> and um, I think he like works with cars now, which is like more his thing. And I was like, dude, good for you. Like, that's rad. Uh, so I'm very lucky. Like, they still understand <laughs> what I do. And uh, I, I mentioned this at the, the PAX Beast panel, but um, the way I get my parents to understand is just by bringing free <laughs> swag and giving my giving them stuff like <laughs> hey i got a yeah. free bottle opener dad like <laughs> that's what i did in la <laughs> at e3 <laughs> like oh cool yeah let's have a drink uh well i pretend to understand what stadia is or something like that um <laughs> no so. one understands what stadia still is it's exactly <laughs> yeah you can say that google doesn't understand what stadia is but um <laughs> yeah and that Aww. um it's been interesting because i've only been working remotely so I'm still with my parents. Uh, my grandmother is actually mm-hmm. right across the, the room, uh, right across oh, the hallway. Hi, yeah, <laughs> right? I I am trying to, because uh, she's doing the laundry, and I'm pretty sure at any second she's going to knock on my door and yell that the laundry's ready. And I'm going to be like, no, please. <laughs> it's authentic. <laughs> keep it. Keep it in the audio. It's yeah, authentic. It's, yeah, it's perfectly it. fine. Hey. We're going to yeah. need her to speak <laughs> on after anyway. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, I am her resident tech support. <laughs> Person, <laughs> oh, um, oh, I I love her, but man, my dad really does not like having her here. <laughs> hey, listen, whoa. Whoa, 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 family drama. Hey, listen, yeah. Uh, oh, we'll get familiar. to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Familiar honestly, honestly, I wish my parents wanted me out of the house because uh, they depend on me too much for errands to the point where it's like. If I move out, I don't know what they're, what they're going to do. So, uh, oh no! But yeah, uh, working remotely, even like <laughs> the pandemic has changed nothing for me. I'm still here. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, now I'm here. You talking were prepared to the whole time. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. Um, Chastity, I want to give you the floor uh, before okay. we before we start talking about uh, uh, either generational trauma or um, you know, oh boy. Uh, favorite or, karaoke uh, songs you know stuff like that yeah, yeah. one of the yeah. same but best jolly bee order is yeah, yeah. is below <laughs> humane is dinaguan yeah. humane we'll get into that but uh i want to hear from chastity because i mean i i work with you every day or and i used to see you every day uh during i'm missing uh, you oh i'm missing both you of you hey <laughs> damn but it is the is the least we can do uh but you are a boss you i Chastity is one of my inspirations. I don't tell her that, but I will say this right here, right now, is that Chastity is an inspiration because I see her doing boss shit almost every day in the office, and it reminds me, like, damn, she really out here doing her thing. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very uh, proud to know you, uh, but I want everyone else to be proud to know you as well. So l- tell us how so you became... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey, how do I live Chast- up to that intro? Chastity, I don't know you... how to live up to that intro. Uh... Chastity, before you go off, uh, <laughs> yeah. has anyone here at this table with a, with a matriarchal figure in their life ever seen them just like put their head down and just like their brows furrow and they just go into like like a, a tunnel vision and just do what they gotta do and you just like back off? <laughs> I have seen Chastity go into this mode so many times, and it's like the most inspirational thing in the world. It's like, I'm not going to stop. Arrow back, back up. Uh, but you have done so much, and you kind of teased it when you uh, introduced yourself. But uh, yeah, you've done so much work. Can you uh, t- tell us about how you how it's you made it all happen? It's been a long road. This is my twelfth year in video production. Um, even though, it, yeah, 
some people may not know. But yeah, it's been a long run. I um I'm hearing a lot of parallels. Um, background in performance. Um, East Coast raised, just like some of you. Um, I grew up um in New York, uh, Queens, and Long Island, and not a lot of Filipinos. Um, a lot of my classmates had never heard of the Philippines. They asked where you're from, and I'm like, uh, my I'm from here. I was born in Queens, but my family's from the Philippines, and they're like, what's that? And they had no idea. And I didn't really have any Filipino friends or classmates uh, ever. Like there were maybe a couple of other um, Asian kids in my graduating class, but we were all different uh, ethnicities. So um, I really didn't get to embrace um, my culture until I moved to California. And so I've spent my entire adult life in California. And I love that I've been able to do that and finally catch up. I feel like I've been, been behind um my entire childhood and now i can just embrace that culture and and just be around other filipinos and it's i i made a twitter post recently about how like i feel so blessed to have been able to work with so many filipinos in this industry and it's been so awesome yeah. like ign had a ton of filipinos when i started there GameSpot had a ton of filipinos when i got there and i was so happy i'm like oh <laughs> i'm surrounded this is so great mm -hmm. uh, but yeah it's my career has been a long run and um i kind of want to normalize the fact that no one gets it right in college and if you feel lost if you're like college age right now like there's a lot of us that didn't graduate there's a lot of us that took forever and that's where i uh fall under i um was in like in the show community i was in community college forever I was there for four years and then I did, then I finally transferred to SF State and studied um, radio and television, even though I only did the television side um, for two and a half years. Um, and while I was there, I was just like, I guess I'll focus on journalism because I'm good at writing. So I was focusing on uh, broadcast journalism. So I did two internships. My first oh. one was at NBC News and then I did one at ABC News and then I did a, my third internship uh, was <laughs> when Jimmy Fallon first got the oh. late night. Um, so it was his first mm. season, and that was really awesome, and that was a very cool experience. But uh, I want to speak to the fact that there's so much nepotism, and I was Oof. the only first. I was the only non-white intern um, that first season of Jimmy Fallon. Um, Call so, you like, out, you Jimmy. Can, you can <laughs> point me out. And second, most of those interns had connections to people on staff. Um, I mean, I'm not an exception because my friend was uh, working in IT at SNL and that's how they even saw my resume. So it really goes to show how hard it is to like even get your foot in the door. And so I was just like, well, like so-and-so is like the son of a uh, daughter of a comedian. So-and-so is like, like an up and comer. And so-and-so is like connected to this person and knows like this person, that person. And I wasn't connected to anyone at Fallon, but I, you know, I had a friend at SNL, but I, I just felt oh. very like different. and. It was a different perspective. And so, like, also, internships back in the day were unpaid, zero uh, dollars. So, like, I had to commute to um, New York City, uh, had no money. They weren't paying me. So, basically, I was just, like, volunteering to, like, clean up breakfast meetings and, like, get oh. the bagels. And I, like, was, and, like, you know, a lot of these other interns were fine. But, like, I was, like, struggling at the time. And so, I was, like, I'm just going to eat my ramen and that's it. But it was a good internship. Um, but I I was like, where do I go from here? Um, so I asked, I'm like, what's the next step? Like, this is pretty cool. I loved this job. But what, what do you do next? They're like, well, if you've seen the show 30 Rock, they're like, well, the next is the page program. So like Kenneth, the page, uh, you do that. And then maybe like you'll be able to apply for a production assistant job. And I was like, 
So that's like a two-year thing, and I might be able to get a production assistant job. And then in news, um, I had interned at ABC, and they're like, do you want to be a PA? I'm like, that's it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, even though it wasn't what I wanted to do, um, it's, you know, it's very depressing. Um, fires, missing children, um, the news is depressing. And, but I was like, it's a shortcut. I could be a production assistant now. So I skipped to that, became a production assistant, worked in um, local news here in San Francisco um, for about three years. And then I just felt my humanity slipping. Um, I was answering the calls all the time and I was growing numb to, to the amount of shootings, the amount of um, missing kids, the amount of fires. And it was, I was just desensitized to it. And like old people calling me, asking me to put Jeopardy back on when there was fire coverage and like, or like <laughs> General Hospital. And I was like getting sick of it, losing my humanity. And at one point, I remember getting a call and I was juggling so many things at once. And this person's just like, hey, uh, my brother's missing. And I was like, oh, man. And, and I was like, I was like can, you, can you please help me? I'm like, I'm so busy right now. And they're like, are you even human? And like, that's what he yeah, said to me. And I was like, damn. And that like really put me in check. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm so focused on the fact that I'm like doing all this stuff right now, delivering scripts, <laughs> this and that, answering phone calls that I it's true. Like I, I reacted to that and I was like, I am losing my humanity. So like, I don't want to be here. I want to switch to something else. And I want to do stuff that I'm passionate about. And I want to make people happy. I don't want to depress people. Cause like the whole thing with news was if it bleeds, it leads. Mm. And that's it. Um, we don't do a lot of human interest stories where it's uplifting, where we're talking about stuff, pe stuff that people are doing um, to make people happy in the community. We're talking about whatever is dramatic and scary and like, is this going to cause cancer? Find out at 11. Um, and it's everything, literally everything. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it was too much. Um, I had to let it go. And I was looking at digital media. I was just like, you know what? I'm still putting things on tape in the year 2012 and giving them to reporters. Like, I, I feel like I, I'm behind and I need to move forward. So um, that's when I moved into the digital space and went over to a place called uh, Revision 3, Rev3 Games. Um, and then they got bought by Discovery. And so um, when I got there, I was essentially working for Discovery, helped them launch a tech show, tech news show that um, went under. And then I was moved on to their flagship show, D News, and we were covering science. And that was great. I just am not even going to pretend that I'm good at science and can deliver science news um, on a level that you should trust me. But I, I did it. <laughs> um, fake it till you make it, baby. Exactly. Just fake it till you make it. But a lot of people um, were moving on from that company to IGN. Um, so I had a few friends that um, moved on uh, that were video editors. And my buddy Max Scoville moved over to um, IGN at the time. And so I was just like, I want to cover entertainment. That's where I am knowledgeable. That's where it won't take me a whole week to write a script. Like I can, I can just do it. Um, so I applied to a couple of jobs and I got the second one that I inter uh, finally interviewed for, um, which was to launch their Snapchat Discover. Um, and a lot of people were always like, oh, you just like make Snapchat videos like with your phone. It's like, no, this was like essentially mini magazines that all these brands were making. Um, and it was a lot of work. It was 14 produced videos that go into a mini magazine every day seven days a week and if you and you had to pre-produce for the weekend so we had long nights on fridays and i did that for it's weird because i was only at ign for a year but it feels like i was there for three years just because of the amount of work that i did and i loved all the people that i met there and we made awesome <laughs> stuff together and i'm like super proud of that project um but it wasn't sustainable 
So um, from there, <laughs> I moved on to another company. I, I basically, it was a bargaining ship and I just wanted to like bluff and be like, hey, like I'm going to go here if you don't like pay me more or give me more team. And they're like, oh, you should take that. That's like a really good deal. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this backfired. <laughs> but it got me to a, a higher like a livable rate i'm like it's pay is hard pay is bad guys we don't do this because of the money we do not do this because of the money i need to warn you that (laughs) we do it because we love it but yeah i was i was not being paid a livable wage i just wanted to be paid a livable wage so i went to a different company i was there for four months uh they wanted to launch a snapchat i had an experience in that i was one of like 20 people that had already made a channel and like cool make one for us and then they never got through the door at snapchat so i was just like all right bye and then i saw um gamespot was hiring and uh so i just like slid into my buddy alexa ray's dms i was like hey so uh do you think i could interview for this and she's like yeah sure and she um floated my resume through and i interviewed for something that i wasn't really qualified for <laughs> which was running um it was running the sponsored content team i i I, I had some experience, but I never ran a sponsored content team, but I've done sponsored content. But I essentially got hired to uh, onto GameSpot to be a host and to um, produce all of their sponsored content. Um, working with sponsors was very hard. And I was like, I could do this. That was hard. It's really <laughs> difficult. Mm-hmm. And then um, while I was there, like, yeah, we're, we just launched the entertainment side of this. It's called GameSpot Universe. We need a host. It's like, cool. Get me in there. That's what I specialize in. So I started hosting on that side and then um all of a sudden the person that was running that team left and it fell into my lap and then it just stayed there so i was running both teams for a while um which now is the equivalent of there's there's two people that do my old job and then i was and then i have my current job and i was doing all three of those jobs at once and it was it was hard but now i'm just doing entertainment it's what i love and i'm really happy about it um, but yeah, it's, it's been a long ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I've, I've seen you at least at GameSpot, I've seen you go through all of those different roles and all those different roles at the same time. And we've had those conversations throughout the years and I don't know how you do it. You put up with a lot of shit, uh, but you handle it <laughs> like know. a boss and it's, it's, it's pretty wild. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you, that you're, you're with us. Uh, cause Thank you. Yeah, that's, man, that's dope. Everyone, see, the thing is, like, everyone has a very unique story, even though, you know, the stereotypes of, you know, become, become a lawyer, become a doctor, become a nurse. Um, I think that uh, we've at least taken the, the lesson of, like, how what it takes to get to that point. Uh, but we've channeled it in different ways, and I'm very thankful that uh, I've had the support uh, for that. Uh, and I've met a lot of people who share those stories, and it's been, like, inspirational. and. Not to get all like, all um, uh, what do you call it? To get all cheesy about it, but you know, when you see other other Filipinos up in the industry, it's like, oh shit, gang! Like, damn, I want to, I want to get. I'm just trying to get like you. When Jan came, hey, when Jan came through to Giant Bomb, when you first got hired, that shit was wild. It's like, oh shit! First off, he's brown. Two, he looked kind of Asian, and he has a Spanish last name. I know the deal. (laughs) Fun fun story that uh, I don't know if I've told. On Giant Bomb uh, before, but my boss uh, on my first day, you know, he gave me the tour of the office. Like, hey, here's a podcast studio. Here's this studio. There's the bathrooms. Here's where you sit. Uh, let me let me bring you to meet a couple people. So 
you know, we met like our design team, our like web developers, and then he brings me into like where GameSpot sits, and he goes like, "Hey, Jan, this is Michael. Michael, <laughs> this is Jan." And then I was thinking like, "Did you did you bring? I think me I know why the other." Yeah. Did you bring me to meet the only other Filipino in this office right now? Or is it he's a fan of Giant Bot? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um Shouts out shouts out to Jason. That's the whole thing. I miss him so much. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, like a lot of us like I, I feel like channel in like our parents in how resilient they were to even like get over here, that we've been resilient enough and like, you know, we've echoed a lot of stories with each other of like balancing between like a lot of different possible careers or gigs to wind up where we're at now and surviving and thriving you know and like i'm, I'm sure we've all heard the uh, <laughs> uh story of like crab like mentality with filipino people right of like you pull me up but i might pull you down or you know being hesitant to uh help other filipino folks because they might expect more of you so it's it's awesome here to see that it's it's more so the case of like the rising tide brings up all the boats you know like if you're eating i'm gonna be eating too so it's it's (laughs) it's awesome to see just like other folks that look like me look like could be related to me potentially uh we all might be related somehow further down the line if we track it farther enough but it's it's just awesome to see that and you know like i i hope folks at home they don't even have to fucking be Filipino. They could be whoever they want to be and see that, like, you know, there, it is Ooh. possible to, to fucking manifest whatever the fuck you want. Sorry for my language. Uh, to manifest what you want and be able to seize that and, like, survive and thrive. Because, like, we, we have, like, a DJ. We have a voice actor. We have, like, someone whose grandma's in the next room, but, like, you were fucking killing it. And, you know, Chastity, you've literally done everything under the sun. Michael, like, we haven't even gone to, like, what Michael and I have done, but, like, Michael and I have done, like, a lot of odd jobs. I've had some jobs that I, can't, I still haven't told my parents because it's, like, it's, it's bad. Are you going to listen to this? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was making bomba tapes. Wow, relax. Uh, and, and, man, the pay there is... It's not good. Hey, Jan, Jan did work at ABS-CBN, right? Yes, yes, I oh, worked for... I worked TFC. for CFC. Uh, <laughs> and man, that was just weird because it, it's all these like older folks that we're, we're, I'm working with, right? And they're telling me about like, oh, you know, my son, he's a doctor now. He's your age. And I'm like, <laughs> what are they what doing? Are you, what is that? Right. Do you like, not you want applying? me to help you produce yeah. it? <laughs> uh, but we, <laughs> unrelated to anything, we had our head IT guy, like probably like 68 years old, right? Old, old OG in the game. And one day he rolls up to my desk and goes like, hey, Jen, you want to see this case? And I'm like, what? What? What is in this case? I, I pop it open. It's like a heavy duty Pelican case. And inside is like eight fidget spinners. It's forever. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. In a Pelican case? In a Pelican case. And then he like points at one in the middle and it's like crystal. And he goes like, Jen, that one's $500. <laughs> that spins forever i'm like (laughs) why is this like an intimidation tactic right now (laughs) um so somehow that is supposed to segue to uh you know like like how's how's being like a philam like what have you taken from your own like origin stories or like from from your parents from your family and like how if any has translated into like what you do or how you do your work 
uh, I just want to talk about I'm glad I'm the only person who didn't the, not the only person who had to like go through the trauma like now as an adult like understand the trauma of like oh I had to like untrain my accent out of myself like I didn't like I didn't even realize it until years later that that like that was messed up that I had to do that I mean yeah l- later on I did end up having a pretty bad lisp that's not related but like I I had like I remember in second grade because I had like a very I had a thick accent for some reason I don't I don't speak Tagalog at all but I had an accent and they like trained it out of me and I was like man that's messed up because I didn't like that's I didn't have any Filipino friends until like sixth grade like I moved to a predominantly uh, Italian town in first grade and until sixth grade I'm like see I'm like that dude but like half that dude <laughs> but I'm that dude <laughs> and then finally in middle school I'm like oh shit there's like three more of us in this town I didn't even know. <laughs> So it was really cool. Um, and then like, and then I went to college. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot New Jersey. We're all over the place here in New Jersey. Um, but yeah, and that's yeah, but that's like that's a thing. Like, nice. um, I think. <laughs> granted, now there's way more like visibility to like Filipinos specifically as like people. Like, I remember like crying when I went to Vegas and the Jabberwockies <laughs> had a show there. I was like, oh my god, my boys! Oh, that was a Yo, moment for us. I haven't Yo, heard that, that in a, a while. Yeah. <laughs> Holy I watched shit! Them. I watched them on TV that yeah. season, and I was the like, Jabberwockies! This is, this is incredible. Yeah, remember <laughs> you can't when, see their faces, but they are yeah. talented. Yeah, but like Yo, when that unlocked the secret, like. Any team that has won America's Best Dance Crew, they've had at least one yeah. Filipino. No, it's basically it's their trump it's, card. Yeah, it's basically the mm-hmm. free money for Filipino show. It was great, and that's the choreographer, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I was even watching a video, um, actually, like the other night of uh, Kinjas. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they have. I think they have at least a few Filipinos in there. But all those people, like all those crews, they choreograph all the, the K-pop videos. I don't know if people know that, but like that's all Filipino dancing that you're watching, and people like don't realize that kind of stuff. It's cool that like. People like them and like, you know, other people are like coming up now. Um, but I, yeah, I try to like, like everyone else, I try to raise visibility about like race issues all the time on Twitter. Like if it's more than two tweets, I'm probably tweeting about some some race related thing. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to like, you know, raise up Filipino voices just because like I feel like, you know, I think what Filipinos do specifically is a very special thing. It's, you know, it's, we're adaptable. We're everywhere. We can learn how to do anything. We can get mm-hmm. jobs we're not qualified for and then crush it <laughs> like a few weeks later once we figure it out. <laughs> like like one of my friends even Aww. told me, he's like, I don't know how you, you always end up falling ass backwards into things and figuring it out. I'm like, because we have to. Like, that's what else am I going to do? Adapt like, and survive. Yeah. Like, that's like the fact that like I'm even here is like a blessing and it's weird and it doesn't make sense. But like, that's just what you have to do. Like, we don't a lot of like I didn't grow up with any privilege at all. Like, I didn't grow up. I I didn't I, was, I wasn't allowed to go to the gifted program in school even though none of the kids in it now are doing anything. Now all my other Filipino friends are like doing big things with their art careers. I'm like, yeah, like imagine what happens when you give us a chance. Like we actually can do something with it. And it's so I just try to like yeah, like everyone else just try to raise up other people. So like that's the thing. You give you give a Filipino a chance, they'll control they'll take control of everything and like also help everyone do it too <laughs> and like make sure everyone's happy, make sure everyone's fed, make sure everyone's having a good time like it's yeah it's all about spreading like the love that we grew up with to other people because like why not like as long as you as long as you like you leave the house with some lumpia like you're part of the family like it's easy as that. i think the thing that um, i forget I, the I point i was trying that... to make but like i just wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> no i, I flex, flex on us i think it was uh, yeah it was more like um like our how our culture and our ethnicity and our identity has channeled into our work um so like if if abby and chris if you have uh anything you want to add to that yeah i mean for me 
Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, first off, I wanted to mention that I feel that. Um, I got a map. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I totally get a chassis of people like not knowing what the Philippines is because that was me during my entire Oof. time at school. But people did know when I was in college. Like, and I, don't, I didn't know if that was like a regional thing or an age thing. Map, or people finally. just like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, going to a to a university where people are from all over the place, uh, like not even just from <laughs> different places in the states, but like I the mean, world, you know, uh, was definitely <laughs> go there. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess going back to family, I think the thing that has really oh. driven me um, through my work is just the concept of guilt. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> yo, yo! <laughs> Relax. <Yes. laughs> <laughs> I just the Are whole you okay, yeah, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's it was just that whole like you know I we came all the way over here and we worked so hard like we were in the laundromat and we were like you know and I I bring food to the table all the time yada 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 um and you know I, I think as I've gotten older like they <laughs> laid off like I would say uh, in that regard but I still. Kind of guilt myself, like you know, I'm living here rent free with my parents right now. So like, I'm trying to take, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to carry the weight on my my student loans. Guilt. I'm like, offering, <laughs> like you know, I'll fill up the car with gas. Yada, oh yada, man, yada, with whatever <laughs> money I have in freelancing, I guess. Um, um but oh, I don't know where mm. I was going with that. I just oh, really wanted to that. introduce that concept. guilt. And I was like, can we talk about guilt? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're having fun here, but boy. If, um... <laughs> Who here has Catholic guilt? <laughs> oh my God! Okay. We'll get we'll get into Chris, that, Chris. When you mentioned you went to a private school, I was I like something in in my brain just triggered. I'm like, oh no, me too. I already know yeah. what trauma you're going to talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm lucky that like my my parents aren't super. I mean, my grandmother is, but my parents aren't really much so, and they. They always rant about "quote unquote" fake Christians who support Trump and all that stuff. And my dad is like the <laughs> the type of person who would like. Um, he used to go to Bible studies with some other local Filipino uh, people. Shout out to uh, Philly Pinoy. Um, hey. we, we play sports and we eat food. That's all we do in Philly Pinoy. <laughs> Um, but my dad would like go into Bible studies, like having read atheist uh, literature and just 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 make some muck of things. <laughs> So I do appreciate that, like that they are progressive in in that way. So <laughs> yeah, Abby, did you want? Uh, were you gonna? Yeah, um, did you wanna I think jump in. Sure. Yeah, I think something else that's kind of motivated me in in um in like a kind of messed up way is uh well the thing that made me realize it is um earlier this summer during Virtual Anime Expo they held a BIPOC panel for anime voice actors um and two of the panelists were. Uh, Filipino-American uh, voice actors, uh, Faye Mata and Christine Marie Cabanos, who hey, I think are like excellent yep. voice actresses. Christine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, during the panel, they were taking questions. Uh, and one of the questions was about, you know, how do you um, like go about pursuing your dreams as a performer with immigrant parents who might not be as accepting? And everyone on the panel answered, but Christine and Faye brought up a thing where they were like, you know, the thing with Filipino parents, I think, is that they just really want to brag about you. Like, they just want to, like, tell other people about all their accomplishments that their children are doing. Yep. And if that just clicked in my 100%. head, I'm like, oh, my God, that's been my whole life. And I'm the oldest of four. Uh, I have three younger siblings. And um, 
I'd like to think of myself as a pretty driven, like passionate person who's, you know, excelled at some things. But my younger siblings um, have just really are are so amazing and incredible. But um, like, for example, my younger brother, who's two years younger than me, like won this um, programming contest where he created an app when he was 16 years old and got invited to the White House back in like 20 uh, back like in the early 2010s so like you know um and like that that, my brother who's eight years younger than me has been on broadway my (laughs) sister who's 11 years younger than me um had this national tv commercial uh so yeah like (laughs) we would every time we would go to like a family party it was like here's all their accomplishments and then there's also Abby. <laughs> family party is just a way for parents to flex the aunties know, and uncles just want to it flex it really is it really is um for a while my thing was like oh here's abby who got to go who got to into brown and then my brother uh who's two years younger than me who i love so much also got into brown so that was no longer my flex mm, um, damn. Damn. So, <laughs> so i feel like I feel the, for you, and I oh, feel you know, I'm I feel like in the back the of my point. mind, yeah, I feel like in the back of my mind, I was like, God, I just want to have something on like the radar, so like we can, like we can share something. <laughs> so, um, uh, not to say that's completely motivated everything I've done, but you know, um, this year I finally have actually made some strides as an actor. So I've started um, booking some jobs as a voice actor and as an on-camera actor. I have a couple things coming out that I can't really talk about right now but follow me on twitter and maybe i'll post some stuff there. <laughs> um yeah so that's been really exciting to um finally have my own accomplishments as a performer which is something that i a passion that like i came up with on my own that like i discovered on my own that i pursued and have trained for so for so many years on my own um and to actually have something like to share that's like you know big and like my parents can can brag about um <laughs> But uh, yeah, and and it's been interesting. Bef- uh, there was a moment in time in, in college when I kind of wanted to give up being a performer just because I saw how hard it was for people who looked like me and who looked like us. Um, and I actually, because I'm so uh, passionate about representation, I was like, well, okay, if I'm not going to be the actor that's getting roles and and pushing boundaries in that way, maybe I can be on the other side of the table. So. I actually took a couple a couple internships in casting, and so I worked at a couple of different casting offices in New York uh, for theater and uh, film and TV, just to like, you know, maybe I can try to make a difference behind the table and uh, help uh, different actors of different identities come into the room and be seen. Um, and it was really interesting watching that happen and how Filipino actors in particular were treated, because um, when it comes to you know characters or or auditions that ask for um you know asian actors or asian characters um even if it's specific like a chinese character or a japanese character or something with filipinos they kind of are like oh you're asian okay you can just go here here, here, (laughs) wherever um my brother who made his broadway debut uh in 2016 in the musical the king and i uh the king and i takes place in in siam which is now you know thailand um and my brother's obviously not he's filipino (laughs) and a lot of that cast was uh also filipino or or, you know not exactly what you know the show is specifying um and it was this thing of like oh on one hand it's awesome to see so many asian actors on stage and getting roles because it's they're so underrepresented in the broadway industry and their entertainment industry as a whole but then also are they just like you know they can just go anywhere you're not really seeing them for who they are 
Um, and it's, it's a hard thing to balance because there are mm-hmm. already so few roles and opportunities for Asian performers, let alone like, Filipino performers. Um, and just balancing that. So that was really interesting to be on the other side of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think something that's also uh, inspired my career and as an actor, but I think also in, in anything I've ever done and the writing jobs I've done and in, in working for the gamer, just like trying to increase representation any way I can. Um, I've been really lucky that that voice actors that I've gone to interview, um, I got to interview Robbie Damon from Persona 5, who is such a talented actor and is a Native American voice actor. I got to interview Stephen Chang oh, wow. from The Last of Us Part 2, who's mm-hmm. another Asian yep. actor. And I got to talk to both of them about what it's like being a performer of color uh, you know, in this industry. And um, it was really interesting having those discussions with them. And um, uh, Robbie, in particular, was saying, you know, in voice acting, like, there's a lot more uh, flexibility in terms of casting because, you know, people, it's just the voice. And there's been some really interesting discussions about that with a lot of actors stepping down. Um, but I think compared to other parts of the entertainment industry, it's a lot more flexible. And then Stephen was talking pretty candidly about how he just felt so lucky to have been cast in The Last of Us Part Two um, that, you know, Neil and the T and Naughty Dog were willing to go that direction with his character, Jesse, and let someone who looked like him bring that character to life. He just felt so lucky. And like, he was like, you know, I don't want to, I know people are saying this is such an amazing role for Asian American representation, but like, I don't want to take that credit because it's, it's up to them who gave me the job. And like, I feel so blessed to have done that. So that was really cool to have those conversations with too. Um, but yeah, I, where was I going with that? <laughs> nah, <laughs> you know, it's all representation good. is important. <laughs> what, going back to one thing you said about mm-hmm. going to family parties and having oh, aunties yeah. and uncles and your parents uh, <laughs> oh. brag about you oh, is my that God. they think they slick because they're speaking Tagalog. <laughs> I know what you're saying, mom. Yeah, don't okay. act like I don't know what yes. you're saying. Yes. Um, my parents so, now are like. They're like, you don't, you don't speak Tagalog. I'm like, no, I don't. But they're like, why do you always like butt into our conversations when we're talking? I'm like, you, I've they been thought. hearing this for over 20 years. Of course, I'm going to like pick up stuff. Like, <laughs> and they'll, they'll talk about you in front of you too. I'm standing right there. I'm standing right there. I'm like, hey, I, I appreciate the flex, but hey, <laughs> like, yo, you putting me in a tough position. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. That's really dope to hear. Um, Chassie, did you want to add anything? I think well, we have uh, one more topic that I want to hit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I, I want to echo that representation matters. It's so important and it's just it's awesome to see that we're here. But uh, just the making that aware to the greater community that, you know, we are here. We are everywhere. But did you know that we are everywhere? Like um, going back to the tweet that I, I put out and just like tagged a bunch of Filipinos in the industry. Like uh, there were, I got replies or retweets that said I had no idea it was Filipino American History Month or like I had no idea so and so was Filipino. And like we just. We don't talk about it enough and it's it's so important and like we're just we're not quite there yet like we've made strides for Asian Americans in the last few years in entertainment media but for Filipinos we're not quite there yet um we're not as visible as some other groups um but we're getting there and I I believe that we can um I had a really great moment last year at Star Wars Celebration where um I interviewed the lead actor of Star Wars Resistance um who is Asian and his name's Christopher Sean he's awesome um, and he's an Asian lead in a Star Wars property. And I, that is amazing. I'm like, please, yes, I want to do this interview. And they let me do it. 
And then so I was on the stage at Star Wars Celebration in front of everyone interviewing an Asian lead for a Star Wars series. And that meant, meant so much to me. So afterwards, I like pulled him aside. I was like, do you realize what we just did? And he's like, what do you mean? I was just like, we just we were on stage for Lucasfilm and we had an Asian host interviewing an Asian lead for a Star Wars series. And he's just like, he high fived me. We took a selfie. <laughs> we're like, oh, my God, we're bonded now. And like, we're, <laughs> we're like buzz on Instagram. But like he's he's the best. And like it was just such a moment. I was like, this is it. Like representation matters. And mm-hmm. it's it's so important. So like and along with that is um, making sure that we're looking out for our other Asian Americans, too, and our o- other Asian cultures when we're covering media and like making sure that we're properly covering it and looking out for the things that other people might not look out for. So I just want to make sure that like whenever we cover things that are, you know, in Asian culture, that we do it properly and with the respect that it deserves and we address things that should be addressed. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about how to move in these spaces and what our experiences are like. Um, but I think one thing that I constantly think about, and I think that it's, it's probably the most trickiest conversation to have, but also um, a very tricky thing to navigate in your own mind is your relationship to the motherland. Um, because we're Filipino-American. You know, it's, it's a little different uh, with Filipinos from, from the, the Philippine islands. I think that that's that's something I've always wrestled with because I'm I'm very grateful to have grown up in a community here in in, in Southeast San Diego. First off, shouts out to Southeast San Diego, Paradise Hills, thirty percent <laughs> Filipinos out there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, Phil Amfest was outside on my street. All my you look back at my Facebook photos from like throughout my entire life. It's just nothing but fucking loud ass ignorant Filipino dudes and homegirls out there. <laughs> but um, I think that it brings up a conversation of like, well what is my connection to the homeland? I know that my mom is from there and she would all of the aunties and uncles in, in the house speak Tagalog. And I understand that. But I think as I've grown up, I've tried to make a conscious effort to understand what's happening in the Philippines and not to be a downer, but uh, sh- like things have been bad and things are bad in the, in the mainland. But um, for y'all, like, um, like what 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 is your connection and how do you kind of navigate that cuz i think uh if you talk to like filipinos or maybe if you have cousins who still live in the philippines like a lot of them might think that there's conversations about like are you really filipino though like uh to not be accepted in that same way is a tr- very tricky thing uh to me at least and uh yeah does does anyone <laughs> sorry i i'm just like yeah, it, it's a tough thing I'm still wrestling with, but I'm wondering if anyone has uh, perspective on that. I have family in the Philippines. Sorry. Yeah, I have family in the Philippines and I've, I've always felt welcomed by them. Um, but mm-hmm. just going there and visiting there, I've only been there twice um, for a few trips in, in like the last decade. But yeah, it's just it's really eye opening. It's just a completely different experience growing up there. But they are just some of the most genuine, kind, giving people. Even if they don't have a lot to give, they just they always give you more and more. And it's just I feel so much love, and it really humbled me. I felt like a, a very jaded American visiting, um, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> but it's yeah, I, I feel accepted and and loved and welcomed by um, my relatives over there for sure. Um, but I also it puts me in check. It's it's just like yeah, I got it good. 
I know I do. Does anyone else have some that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was gonna, well, oh no, good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 good. I, I talk a lot. Anyways. Okay, I, 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 um, I told my parents this morning that I was doing this, and my mom responded, uh, pretty flippantly. Uh, you don't know anything. <laughs> Ooh, it's like, oh. ow. Oh. Mom. I know, Mom. I know, I know what you meant, but like, hmm, but um, oh. yeah, I I have been to the Philippines three times in my life, uh, two thousand, two thousand six, and twenty seventeen, and um, each time felt like it was just culture shock. I guess, um, mm-hmm. just the experience of being in a space where everyone kind of looks like you, but you just don't really connect with them. You don't really relate to them. I mean, like. You know, in the area they know they can yeah. see <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, like you know, it's it's been odd uh, living with my parents here because they have like a it's very push pull. Like my dad loves the Philippines; he loves going back there. Like he goes there by himself sometimes, and my mom does not like going back there. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic. I think my dad wants to retire there. This last night, last I heard, but um, you know, he Mine checks too. up. Yeah, right. And he, uh, I think they have some property there. But my my dad checks up on uh, his parents all the time, uh, on his brother and uh, you know my my cousins there. And you know, it, I I my dynamics with my cousins were very differently de- uh, were very different depending on you know how old we were at the time. So you know, two thousand, we were kids playing N sixty four and Xbox, and then two thousand six, they were a little. Uh, I don't know, a little crueler <laughs> towards me, I guess oh. I would say. And then, like, mm-hmm. more recently, like, we were, you know, we, we had matured a little bit, you know, we were more, like, politically active and, and smarter and empathetic, but, um, uh, it's, it's just strange, and I feel homesick every time I go there. I mean, in 2000, I was literally sick because I got food poisoning from eating spaghetti at Jollibee's. Um, oh, but- no. <laughs> oh, no. I hate to hear it. <laughs> yeah. The betra- betrayal. I know, right? Uh. Like, I trusted you. Um, and uh, But, you know, beautiful sights there. Um, you know, I was thinking about the Chocolate Hills the other day. Um, and... <laughs> There's something about my more recent visit that was just a lot more humbling. Like I, I just started appreciating the the jeepneys more, and you know, hey. the freaking motorcycle with the little sidecar and all that the stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the most just, dangerous like, thing in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Like this. This that like, shit is not regulated at all. Beautiful. There are no not. lanes. This beautiful jank, my my- jank <laughs> innovation. <laughs> I asked my cousin how he gets to college. He's just like, yeah, I get in one of those. I was like, that, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then he gets on a jeepney. And then he gets- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and that, that whole thing where you have to like, pass the money up like when you're sitting in the back. Like, oh, I, I love it. Just like the unspoken language. I just love it. Um, and it, it like that visit came to a point where like I was like, huh, what if I actually tried to learn Tagalog and uh, for the next time I come here? But, uh, you know, it's a pipe dream. My, my dad tried to go there earlier this year, but then, you know, what happened this year. <laughs> so, yeah. Lockdown, baby. To be continued. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A- Abby, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. I, was gonna say, I, I mean, I've, yeah, my history of it's real rough. Like, I'm, I'm half Filipino, so, like, I, I don't really talk to my dad's side. So, like, I was raised by my mom and all my aunts and stuff like that. So, like, I've, dealt with the yeah all of them my whole life um but you know like i i never got taught tagalog i 
you know, knew a little bit of it here and there when they would talk about me. You know, the same thing. I'd perk up. I'm like, yeah. I know you're talking about me. I heard, I definitely heard Jeff. <laughs> and then what was the rest? It was like kind of sounded a little mad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I, I don't have like a bigger connection for that part of my family. Obviously, like, you know, all my old video game systems are back there in the boxes, you know, like I, I, I'm mad now that she made me send back like my Sega Saturn, my Genesis. Oh, uh, in the Bollock Bion box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she got, they're all back there. So someone's enjoying it at least. Um, but yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's weird because I, I don't have the big connection. I'm going to dip our toe into like dead parent territory for a second. Um, like my mom mm-hmm. passed away in 2017. So like a big, another big thing that we were, when you're talking about like things we get from our parents, like that sort of like head down mode, like I got, I I just like she like passed it on to me during that time. Is that to take care of her? And so like now anything that happens, anything that needs to get done, I just do it. Like don't even think about it anymore. Like yeah. things need to get done because things need to get done. Um, but anyway, so like you know, this learning about trying to like, I feel like I never got the chance to like learn more important things about like, where she was from and things like that. So like a few weeks back too, I was like looking through some of her stuff and like I found her like birth certificate. Like I finally figured out like where she grew up and stuff like that. Went to like Google Maps. Was like just moving around. I'm like. Like, this is where she grew up, and never, like, we'll get to see exactly where it is. Like, when Microsoft Flight Simulator came out, it's just, like, flying around and stuff like that, too. And I'm like, I'm like, this is, like, you know, at least I get to see, like, where she was from. Maybe you never got to talk about it and stuff. But, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to, like, connect to that because, like, other, like, like, a lot of Filipinos, like, you either have, like, 10,000 family members or, like, three. And so, like, that's where, like, that's where my family's like. So, like, you know, even, like, when she died, like, my aunties came to the hospital and then, like, piece back out again so it's like it's kind of hard like for us at least for, like for me and my brother to like connect with that side but like that's why i always try to like connect with other filipinos as much as i can like my girlfriend's parents from are from like rural ohio and like when we went to visit for christmas last year they found the one filipino spot and they're like yeah we got and they didn't tell me they, a they didn't tell me that we were going there and B was Kamaya night. So I'm like, yo, like you guys oh, are going to learn. Shit. I was like, you guys are going to learn tonight what it's like to oh. eat. The second I walked in, I hugged, I hugged like the greeter. I'm like, man, just to see another Filipino on Christmas right now uh. in the middle of Ohio. I know there's only three of you and you all work here. And I'm so glad. <laughs> like, same thing. We're everywhere. Yeah. We're everywhere. <laughs> Even when I first moved to Philly, like the first day we went out, like we just happened upon the Filipino spot. I was like, I was like, I, I, We've been here for like 10 minutes and I found the Filipino spot already. We have to eat tonight. Like, this is where we're eating tonight. Um, but, you know, just like just trying to connect with people. And, you know, you give, you, like, it's funny now because, like, you know, we all point with our lips. And, like, I'm still trying to teach my girlfriend that she doesn't get it. And now that we wear the mask, she, like, can't tell when I'm doing that when we're out taking a walk. I'm like, oh, look at that dog. She's like, what dog? I'm like, I'm pointing. Oh, you can't see that I'm pointing. Son, son, son. She can't, she doesn't know. She's, I'm still trying to teach her how that part works. Um, but yeah, I just think like, yeah, it's so it's hard for like, I'm like part of like the Filipino Americans who like have a passing like understanding of like what it's like, like every time I sometimes I, I will like go back and watch like episodes of No Reservations just to be like, I just got to see someone like take it all in for me sometimes like and just seeing like stuff like that just really makes me happy. Um, But yeah, maybe I'll go back someday, but not right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> or go for the yeah. first time like well i was baptized there so that kind of counts right like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, that I, totally counts. I got the pictures Ooh, in the white yeah. jumpsuits and everything so <laughs> <laughs> the white suit so it's good uh-huh. <laughs> um, abby do you want to share anything yeah sure i yeah i haven't actually ever been to the philippines um and my parents uh they emigrated right around the time they were in college and they also haven't been back so yeah it's it's been interesting um 
Growing up, I actually, so I was born in New Jersey. And then when I was five, my dad, uh, because of his work, got transferred. So we ended up moving to Arizona. Um, and in New Jersey, all of my, both my dad's side, and my mom's side, all of our extended family was there. Uh, so we were um, like, for the first five years of my life, we're like constantly surrounded by uh, all my aunts and uncles and, and everyone. Um, but then we moved when I was five uh, to Arizona and we didn't have any family there. We didn't know anyone there. Uh, so I didn't really have a lot of, uh, I don't know, I didn't really experience that like familial, uh, the deep familial uh, like relationships with my extended family because uh, we were so just, uh, you know, away from everyone else. And um, mm-hmm. uh, in my school, which I went to a private Catholic school, you know, there really weren't that many other Asian uh, kids like me, let alone Filipinos. So it was it was interesting. And I didn't really have any like growing up, I didn't really uh, ask or like want to know anything more about, you know, where my parents came from or uh, what it meant to be Filipino or anything like that. Uh, And then we moved back to New Jersey uh, when I was 12 um, and we're suddenly going to all these family parties and and things that I didn't have um, from like my entire elementary school growing up. Um, And that was interesting because I felt like I had missed out and being with all my cousins and and everyone uh, seeing all their really strong connections and relationships. uh, My my brothers and my sister and I were wondering if we like missed out on that. And my parents, too, were kind of like we we, my family, my immediate family is so close, but uh, we don't we're not as close to the extended ones just because we were apart for so long. Um, And in terms of visiting the Philippines, it was interesting. My parents uh, also didn't really have an interest in going back and ever visiting. Hmm. Uh, They always blamed it on uh, other things like, oh, we had just moved to Arizona, so we didn't want to do that. Uh, My parents had, you know, more kids. They were like, it's too soon for us to go. Um, you know, everyone, the kids are too young. We don't want to go. And if we're going to go back, it'll be everyone. Um, but now as, uh, an adult and my siblings are pretty, are a little more grown up. Uh, everyone's in their teenage years. Uh, uh, my sister who's the youngest is 13 now. Um, we have kind of been, we've, we've all started asking again, like, you know, now that we're older, can we like talk about this? Like maybe mm-hmm. potentially visiting one day. Um, and now that we're older, my parents have definitely started warming up to the idea. Um, and it's been interesting. I Like this past year, like being I'm also quarantining at home with my family. I've heard so many stories about my parents like childhood growing up in the Philippines. that I just like never heard before. Uh, and I was like, I like I'm 23 years old. Like, why has have I never heard these stories about my parents and, and what it was like for them growing up? Uh like, why have I never had the chance to hear those? And, and um, mm-hmm. now that I'm hearing more about them um, growing up and, like, getting to hear other stories from my grandparents about, you know, how uh, my parents were as kids. I don't know. It's just it's been interesting connecting with that. And after having not had the opportunity to for so long um, and now as an adult, like tr- I'm trying to be as, uh, you know, knowledgeable as possible and, and uh uh, keep a staying informed about things going on in the world and especially in the Philippines right now. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's something I'm still definitely trying to grapple with and work around. Um, I hope I can come go visit at some point. I would really love yeah. to. And now that my <laughs> siblings are older and my parents are a little more open to the idea, I hope we can all go back uh, at some point. Cause I've never been, and they haven't been since in, in 
many, many years. So. Damn. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's funny that when you, when you bring up like hearing more and more stories, uh, from your parents mm -hmm. about what it was like in the Philippines or what it was like for them growing up. Um, and those, those stories, even from like my, cause like almost all my friends back home in San Diego mm -hmm. are Filipino as well. Mm -hmm. And all aunties and uncles, like we, I, we see, we always go to their houses. We always see them growing up. So it was kind of like, it's weird. Like when I, when you grow up and you're, uh, that's just what you're surrounded by, you don't really, I never really thought much about it. I'm just like, mm -hmm. oh, this is just the way it is until I got outside of San Diego. I'm like, oh shit, where the, where the <laughs> fuck is everybody? Where, where all, where all the homies at? Where all the homegirls at? Like, uh, it's like, damn, everyone looks different outside of, outside of our community. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as I got older, I found a lot more value in, you know, when, I don't know, uh, when Tito Boy is talking about like, oh shit, you know, I I did this, this and that back back in Philippines or whatever. Before it was kind of like, oh yeah, 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 he's talking about some bullshit again or whatever. <laughs> but now it's kind of like, oh damn, I actually want to hear that because I have a different perspective now. Mm -hmm. So I, I've really learned how to value those sorts of things because, mm -hmm. yeah, and like when Jeff, you mentioned like, um, you know, it's it's very tough when you lose a parent and my mom's been through a lot of near-death experiences and n when i think about it now it's kind of like shit um time is limited and i i need to connect with their like obviously we're in lockdown and I'm, I'm in san francisco now so it's hard to do that but damn when this lockdown is lifted it's like i have a different perspective i want to like spend more time with her so um shit man hey for all you young folk listening out there <laughs> That, that's 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 the lesson right there you know <laughs> value value time before it's too late figure so, out uh, figure out their specific <laughs> adobo recipe because if you don't know it you're never gonna know mm. it oh my god hey yeah. listen okay. listen yep <laughs> i'm glad i remember I, I, that at least before like <laughs> oh. if i did it if i didn't man i would have know i don't know <laughs> i think there are a handful of recipes that uh my mother refuses to pass down because mm -hmm. if i make it just as well as she does she'll be like Oh, you don't need me anymore, huh? <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm just not going to teach it to you. <laughs> oh, uh, um, shit. Yeah, and you know, like, there's, uh, I, I, I think we're winding down here now, uh, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about getting, like, real sad real quick about, like, the disconnect between Filipinos and Filipino-Americans, but then, you know, just hearing all y'all just, just, just fucking, like, raises my spirit up, and, like, I don't know. It, it's, like, um, it's not an instance of, well, well, before it was it was an instance of of can I do it, uh, but now it's an instance of like we're going to continue doing it, mm -hmm. and you know specifically what that it is, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, you know who knows? Like a couple of years from now, we all might be working in completely different fields, uh, but I am 100 percent sure <laughs> we'll be like all thriving in those said fields because of mm -hmm. you know not because of uh, who we are, but because who we are and i know i just canceled that out so that's like <laughs> a lick of sense but whatevs uh, um did we want to go around uh the virtual table uh one more time folks if you want to like you know cheap plugs whatever drop drop it out where we can find you on the internet what you're working on michael you're raising your hand i want to do i want to do a lightning round real quick before okay. we do outros all right <laughs> best filipino dish uh chastity kare kare uh, Chris. Hundred percent. Oh my god, is chicken adobo just too obvious of an answer? Because I'm such a picky eater, and you know, nah, I like it. It's all. It's all you, uh, Abby. Oh gosh, I'm just a sucker for lumpia. That's just such a <laughs> simple <Okay>. answer. Jeff. <laughs> chicken. Yeah, chicken adobo. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say dinaguan, and that's the right answer. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go back around for one more, uh, one more lightning round question. 
Uh, we'll start back with Jeff again. What is the most frequent um, ethnicity you get confused with that people confuse you with? Mm. Oh. Vietnamese. No. Oh, chastity. Is that, that's what you got? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jeff. Oh, uh, I don't know. The worst part of it, it's usually the issue you get at Filipino, but for a very long time, since I'm one of the few Filipinos that can grow a full beard, uh, years I'm after so years after 9-11, still a lot of people were like, oh, you look like a terrorist. I'm like, homie, that's not a funny joke. <laughs> In no way that's, is that okay. Yeah, I'm like, what? Or, but a lot of, or drunk people come up to me and get real close and be like, you look like Manny Pacquiao, you know that? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> not really. No. Like, thank you, but not, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, no. that's wild. Yeah. Uh, Abby. Uh, Chinese. Oh. <laughs> uh, Chris. It's different every time, but I have been called Jackie Chan multiple times. Ooh, ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Damn, okay. you, gotta tell, you gotta tell them to relax. Jan. Uh, okay, uh, Filipino, because I grew up here in San Francisco, but quick story. <laughs> Um, I used to work for Mythbusters, uh, as like a PA and camera guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I joined the show after Grant Imahara left. Grant Imahara is like five, two, mm-hmm. a Japanese man. I'm five, eight. I am three, three Grant Imaharas wide. Uh, <laughs> and one time we went to a small town and there were these kids that saw the Mythbusters shirts. They were like, oh my God, oh my God, Mythbusters. And one of them comes up to me. Oh. And asked, like, oh, my God, are you Grant Imahara? <laughs> and I just look this kid in the eyes, and I just say, I am. <laughs> nice to meet you, kid. Take it. Just, you should have just... I love that. You should have oh just busted. Yeah. Oh, busted. my God. I... That's, that's wild. Amazing. I can't top that. Whoa. Uh, since I lived in San Diego, I... Uh, a lot of Mexican people spoke Spanish to me by default. Mm. And I was like, damn, I feel bad. I feel like I'm disappointing. Like, I'm not Mexican, but like, I can see why you th- mm. you would speak Spanish to me straight up. And I feel like, fuck, I don't know, understand Spanish. I feel like I'm disrespectful. Like, I should know Spanish for some reason. Um, so I get that. But also, uh, I went out to a club in San Diego. because Outside of my neighborhood, San Diego is very white. It's also um, uh, a lot of Navy people. And this drunk dude came up to me and was like, hey, where are you from? Uh, and I was like, oh, shit, Southeast San Diego, gang. He's like, no, 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 where are you from? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm from, like, San Diego, California. Like, no, 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 where are you from, from, like, uh, Cambodia? And I was like, wow. Damn. Close. But no. It's, it's better also, than the question, I always, the, the question I always uh, sometimes get is, uh, what are you? What are you? Oh, that's <laughs> the worst. I hate that. Yeah. Ooh. I hate what that question. God damn. No, no, no. Damn. Hate, no, no. hate to hear it. Hate to hear um, it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's that on that. Um, but yeah, now, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to get, I'm going to, everyone who's going to be on these things, I'm going to, that's, like, I'm going to ask everyone because I, I need to know <laughs> these things. Uh, but yeah, hey, uh, Jan Tateway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeff, we'll start with you, buddy. Like, uh, if you want to just, you know, drop the, drop the ats, drop what you're working on, where people can find you uh, on the internet. Yep. So it's, uh, yeah, just at O Jeff Ramos on Twitter. I tweet a lot about everything. Um, if you want to hear a, a D&D podcast with at least two Filipino peoples on it, it's me and my brother. Uh, it's called uh, Overwhelmed. Uh, it's one of the few podcasts that's uh, mostly brown, uh, mostly LGBTQ, which is really cool. Um, so that's called Overwhelmed. It's Overwhelmed cast on Twitter. Um, 
I'm working on songs, but I don't have the SoundCloud link yet, so you can find you, oh, you actually man. you can actually find me on uh, Spotify. Although there's also like a, a Latin artist on Spotify with the same name. That's not me. I, my group my okay. groups aren't that good. Um, <laughs> but he, I'm sure his music's good too. But I'm the other Jeff Ramos on uh, Spotify. <laughs> There'll be some beats on there soon enough. I just you know got to get that working. Six 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 Abby. Sure. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Abby Spirit. Um, uh, I'm. You can see my articles on thegamer.com. Uh, I have some acting things, both on camera and voiceover, that are in the works uh, that uh, aren't really available anywhere yet. But if you follow me on any of those platforms, you'll be able to keep up with that. And yeah. Chris? Yeah, uh, I am at Compenderizer on Twitter. Uh, give me a follow. I'm trying to reach some milestones. I hit my 888 follower milestone, so I'm going to be celebrating by uh, streaming Putt Putt Saves the Zoo next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, 999. Uh, we're going to travel back in time. 1111. We're probably going to do, like, I don't know, Pajama Sam or something like that. Uh, maybe uh, Freddy Fish. Make a Let's wish. See. Yeah. Uh, Dude, those pajamas. Uh, <laughs> Those games are harder than I remember them being. <laughs> or I'm just—I've always been bad at math. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can find me uh, on Gamepur.com. Uh, we are the sister side of Dot Esports, which you may have heard of, and uh, we're really big into video game guides. So you know, if you need help with your Genshin Impact or your Pokemon Go or what Ooh. have you, we got you covered. Uh, not to <laughs> not to poach on the readers of other websites <laughs> represented here, but. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Uppercut Crits, to <laughs> to Ty and uh, Monty and Jess and Andrew and, and Kayla. They're really awesome. Um, geez, what else? Oh yeah, my podcast show, uh, Procedural <laughs> Conversation. Uh, my first season of five episodes is out, and I'm working on another batch of five episodes before I have time. Uh, and besides that, you know... Uh, Shout out to Philly Pinoy. Shout out to Mike Ruiz, my former colleague at Dual Shockers, and Jeff Bacobo, who is the one Filipino dude who was in school with me. I hope you're listening to this one day. <laughs> Shout out, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Chastity, where can hey. the folks find you? GameSpot.com is the place to be. Um, <laughs> I'm also on uh, YouTube.com slash GameSpotUniverse, which is where we have all of our entertainment stuff. I'm currently covering Star Trek Discovery Season 3, and I'm going to be covering Mandalorian Season 2 starting Friday. Or if you're listening to this now, I'm probably already covering it. Um, and then um, we're also covering American Horror Story. So anything that you watch, we probably dive into. We uh, find Easter eggs, explain the episodes, uh, break them down get real nerdy with it so come check us out and i'm on twitter and instagram at chastity underscore v c-h-a-s-t-i-t-y underscore v because my name is too long for a handle because us filipinos got long ass names <laughs> oh yeah i have like two first names yeah. jan jerome yeah yeah god with my middle name my id almost takes up two lines <laughs> uh they told me i'd have to pay extra and i didn't want to do that the, the uh, lightning round i want to our lovely guest like, to oh, my sorry, lovely co-host <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oops. No, no, no. By all means. No, I was going to say, the lightning round I want to hear is how people mispronounce your name. <laughs> oh. I hear... Oh. Uh. Yon. All the time. You get Yon? Nine times Yon. out of ten, I always get, oh, it's uh, pronounced Yon, right? I'm like, no, it's it's Jan. <laughs> it's, whatever. Don't overthink it. <laughs> 
Well, it's the thing too. Is like I purposely mispronounced my own last name. I don't know why. It's just I, I, it's just something my mom or my dad did. But I've been doing that for a long time. Although usually when I am speaking to like either specifically like a, a Filipino person or like a Latino person at a store, I'll use it the right way. But like it's it's come to a point where people have just naturally called me like Ramos, and so I'm like I just kept it, and that, that's sort of like my brand now. Um, <laughs> but I think it, it helps it stay different. But I I think as to say another lightning round is like what were what were your the names that you uh, would have been if your parents picked a really ethnic name? Because <laughs> 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 like also the thing too, we treat and touch on. We can touch on it super quick if it's okay. Like mm-hmm. sure. why? Yes. Why do you think my mom named me Jeffrey? Like you know, she she knew why. Like you know, because I could have had a much different name. It would have been much harder getting sending in those job applications with that name. Oh, hey, they was looking out. Yeah, right? she knew. Mm. <laughs> Unfor- I mean. I don't know if that's you can call that looking out for somebody by but like if adapting to that system, but like I, all, I get all it. my uncles back home have like just the wildest names, and then it's like I'm gonna name a kid. But they all use their middle name. Yeah, right. That's, that's <laughs> the thing too. Like that's a, I mean that's just an Asian thing too. Like right. Let's what name are you going mm-hmm. by professionally? What name does your parents call you when they get mad at you? Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. On on that topic, so like my first name is technically Jan Jerome. Mm-hmm. I've never in my life heard my parents say Jan ever. It's always just been Jerome, and I'm like, why did you even yeah. bother with that part of my name? <laughs> uh, so so technically, like when you fill out when you filled out your a- application for Giant Bomb, your first name line said Jan Jerome, one word. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, it's what like the fuck? Jan Jerome. So two words technically. No oh, hyphen. Okay. Get that hyphen out of here. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what's up. Anyone else want to go? No. I, okay. I am pretty shocked that people right, keep right. adding people uh, keep adding syllables to my last again. name. <laughs> and they're not there. Oh, that's always my favorite game. That's mm-hmm. always my favorite game. Uh once again, thanks for our table, virtual table here. I'd love to see y'all in person and have like a, you know, a potluck we'd, we'd eat with our hands and then we'd all bless each other afterwards. <laughs> um, thanks once again, folks, for tuning in. We will catch you with, uh, you know, possibly and most likely a couple more episodes. Bye, everyone. Peace. Peace.